couldn't think of an intro for this episode, so welcome to Tabletop Shop. Welcome back to the Tabletop Shop. I am one of your co-hosts, Mr. Nate Clark, and as always, seated roughly halfway across the hemis- hemisphere globe. Globe from me is Mr. Sphere Cody Pennington. Hi, gents and ladies, ladies and gents. Cody. Speaking of halfway across the world, Nate, when are you going to be not halfway across the world or hemisphere or whatever you call this thing? With with any luck. Within a few months from when this is recorded, not from when it's released. All right. I feel like a year ago you said basically the same thing, but that's fine. (laughs) This could certainly be true. Okay. Cody, I have a question for you. Okay. Yeah. So recently, we, both you and I, unrelated to each other, purchased Mm. different expansions for the same game. So, I just have one question for you, Cody. Why did you purchase the Agora expansion for Seven Wonders Duel instead of the Pantheon expansion? Walk me through your process. Walk, okay. Well, it looked fun. Er? (laughs) Then Pantheon? Fun, fun, fun er. We'll we'll probably actually still end up getting uh, the Pantheon. But primarily, I noticed that, like, looking through the art on Pantheon, it's like considerably more risque than like a lot of general board games i was like uh let's just stick with agora for now maybe we'll censor pantheon at some point i don't know you think so i honestly haven't even noticed it really oh really huh i was just looking through like the the bgg stuff like oh i don't like the posted pictures for like some of the cards and whatnot Hmm. okay well i'll have to go look because i haven't even (laughs) noticed Okay. What, what are your What are your thoughts on that? Because I, mean, I basically did the same thing to Blood Rage, because that that one gets pretty. I don't think pr- pr- pretty risque. I, I I know probably most of our audience thinks I'm an odd fuddy duddy that I would like to censor certain material that comes inside the home. But hey, suck it and deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just what they would expect you to say in this context. Um, I think how I feel is that I would say definitely no, like no nudity and the risque, I would just take case by case. It would depend on how interested I was in the game. Um, Mm. And then it would also like if, if I have kids in the future, it would also factor into what games I allow them to play at what age possibly. Ah, I don't think I would ever mark up a game though. Like I don't think I would ever like block anything out. No. Definitely loses its resale value at that point if you <laughs> decide you don't want to have it anymore. But hey, then you just trade it, right? So Hey, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. Well, I uh, I picked Pantheon for a, a much more legitimate reason. Objectively legitimate reason. <laughs> please, please. Um, which was that I felt like it didn't mess with the core of the game too much. Agora feels like it gives a much bigger kind of focus shift of focus to seven Mm -hmm. wonders duel whereas pantheon felt more like a kind of supporting expansion that gave some more flair and a bit of a twist Um, and after playing it a couple times i really enjoy it and i think it's great with it uh what are your thoughts on playing i don't know how many times you played agora but what are your thoughts on it i've only played it once at this point but honestly having played it and then examining like what what the what the content will be provided for Pantheon. I'm actually happy I chose Agora just for like gameplay reasons. The I guess sort of for the opposite reason of what you just said. Like I understand that Pantheon doesn't mess with the game too much. It seems like primarily just adds some more interesting card dynamics. Uh, but Agora adds like this whole ongoing senator system where you can if you control like a certain section or like Senate chamber, then you have an ongoing bonus and ability, which can really pay off mm-hmm. if you can plan around that. And I just yeah. really like the, the additional layer of, of cool beans fun. 
Sounds very much like the turmoil expansion for terraforming Mars, which also is one of the hmm. expansions, one of really the only expansions for that game I still have not gotten because I don't like such a big shift from kind of what the where the focus of the game was and now it's really like being shifted instead of things being added in you're actually kind of shifting the focus i think eventually i would get agora probably but i also am very happy with pantheon so we will just have to do some kind of ultimate mashup next time we see each other that would be cool kind of the sad thing though is that you can only play with two players so it's like i don't know Anna and kirsten would kind of just have to hang out and watch while you they and can, I have a showdown they can play hanamakoji next to us hey there you hey. go that's a good idea all right hey, well, well speaking of expansions i i just okay. want to throw in there that we just got the Ares expedition expansions or two of them okay one, I, one of the three that was just released well go ahead i i thought there was only one and then you mentioned there were like multiple so what's with that there are three it's sort of funky if you go on board game geek you can look up Ares expedition like you start typing it in and then it has this autofill suggesting like all three of the expansions as one entry. But then you can also type in individually each of the three expansions and look at them more specifically. So it's almost and like I think they, they were all released at the same time? I think they were, or at least pretty close to it, because I want to say I, about the time they were coming out, I was looking on one of the websites, and one or two of them you could order, but it was like, the other one wasn't quite out yet, I guess. So it was this weird staggered release, I think, if I am correct. But one of them, I just wasn't interested very much in getting. It turns Ares Expedition into a co-op game where you're like fighting against these, I don't know, Martians. Earth or Mars shattering <laughs> crises that are showing up. And I, I just wasn't that interested in that game style for Ares Expedition. Yeah, get that out of here. Yeah. So I got the other two, which like adds some 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 fun stuff i actually haven't even opened them <laughs> yet nate in in our game room we're now we now have a shelf of games that we haven't played yet that we need to play so that whenever kirsten and i go in there to play a game and we sit down we can just look up at the shelf wow in, instead of trying to decide like oh what should we play like okay no we have like five or six games that so we still need to play you've so actually you've actually reached that stage now because i feel like i don't see myself reaching that stage for a long time where I'm like almost buying games faster than I can play. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, for for being gamers as much as Kirsten and I are, we really don't play that many games that frequently. I mean, we, we did just come out of a really busy work season, so I think we'll be able to start playing more games. But I suppose it's it's not a habit that's as drilled into our lives. Like if we're in an evening and we're tired, usually we're going to end up doing something more like on the couch instead of at the table, hmm. which I feel bad about. And we're we're, tr we're trying to work on. We're trying to become <laughs> better gamers, man. <laughs> to whom do you feel bad to? Yourself? Me? I just feel lazy. <laughs> too lazy and then to I play a game. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, that's why I feel bad. I feel bad to myself. Then I also feel bad to our wonderful listening audience who want to hear about cool games. Well, Cody, have you played anything new since we last recorded? Nate, yes, I have. Because okay. of that precedent where we set a section of the shelf with games that are new that we need to play, we ended up playing Kalis 1303. Ooh, okay. Yeah, boy. Okay. And I liked, I liked the game. It, it's a definitely a unique spin on worker placement. It's almost like a... It, I guess it reminded me of um, uh, Architects of the West Kingdom a little bit. Because you, you have a bunch of workers that you don't necessarily get back like every season, like viticulture style. You, you have a pool of up to 15 workers that you can have. And I think you start the game with uh it, it depends on the player count but it's like 10 for a two-player game i think and then you spend them doing stuff but after they're spent they actually go over to a location called the camp and this is just like a holding place for your workers and then every new round you will always automatically get just three workers back but then there's certain actions that you can take over that round that like allow you to pre-pay or pre-purchase some of your workers back so then you will get them returned to you it's 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 a nifty odd little concept like i said it's pretty similar to architects sounds but a little the, complicated 
it, it really isn't that complicated. I mean, the game, if you're, if you're going to trust BGG weight, weight scales, which I know Tom Vassell hates it, but I actually, I kind of rely on it pretty frequently. <laughs> I, I think Kalis was like a 2.78 compared to Castles of Burgundy is like a 3.0. Castles is a so 3. Like a, wow, okay. Yeah, it's like a little bit lighter. Hmm. I don't but know. the other... The other main way it functions differently is every every game is different because as you play, you're putting out new areas that you can place workers. It's not just like the same pre-printed things or like after a certain amount of time, new places get unlocked. It's the game has a randomized setup for some starting locations. There are some pre-printed areas that are always there and always available and then a few that you kind of flip over. And then there's all these buildings that get put up above the board. So one of the actions you can take is to build a building, and buildings are the worker places. And when you build a building, you now own that spot. So if any other player goes on that new placed building, you actually get a little bonus, kind of like Dune Imperium. Hmm. However, if, if you go on your own spot, you don't you don't get the bonus, which is kind of sad. But the the board is like this little trail of blank spots going up towards... I guess the finish line up towards the castle that you're contributing to. Up. So every time you build a new area, you put it out, but you build whatever spot you want to build. Like there's a pool of buildings you can choose from. Okay. So depending on the strategies that players are choosing, the actual spots available in the game are different from game to game. Yes. Uh-huh. Hmm. Which has its own unique dynamic in and of itself because... You may you may start realizing throughout the game like okay we're kind of lacking in wood as a resource that's like we need a lot more wood each round so you might want to build the the wood spot but if you now own the building that gives wood you can still go on it and get wood but you aren't going to get the bonus for owning it because other people have to go on it for you to get the bonus so it's this weird dynamic of I want to I want to increase this pool of resources for the game that I can access but then I'm not as rewarded if I'm going on my own spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, um, if you're just tuning in, folks, uh, welcome back to the KS 1303 <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey, you asked if I played a new game, bruh. <laughs> um, okay, I will say it sounds like it has some novel concepts. Definitely looking forward to playing it. And it even sounds a little similar to some ideas I had for a worker placement game, so I might need to play it and then rethink my life so well do that and then i also played lord of the rings deck builder game but the two towers ah yes how so version. different i'm sure it it actually it played differently the cards are balanced a little bit different and it adds another well one or two additional mechanics by different kind of do you with. mean better yes okay. i i felt like it was better balanced and that's okay. my cool story nate what have you played this week no <laughs> We're, we're not doing that anymore. We decided that that's boring. People don't care. We're doing, have you had any new games? So and I have. I have. Um, yeah. yeah, so one thing I already already been mentioned was the Pantheon expansion for Seven Wonders Duel. I think it's a great yeah. addition. Not too extreme, but just a nice little twist. Um, I also had the chance to play in its entirety Micro Macro Crime City. Um, ah. which is almost not even really a, a game. Like, I feel like the being called a game, I, I don't know how, I don't know how you define a game, but this is literally, <laughs> that's, that's deep. That's deep, man. <laughs> let's, let's not even get, get into that right now, but literally all that's in this, you know, what some might call a game is just a huge map. And by huge, I mean like a square yard, square meter, like huge. Uh, and then just like cards. And so there's like let me 16. just say that a square yard and a square meter are, are different. I, well, it's, you know, it's roughly it's in that area, you know. <laughs> uh, and so there's 16 different cases, and the the cases just give you prompts, like questions, basically to help you solve different cases. And the map is entirely all black and white, kind of uh, sketched section of a city. And yeah, you use the cards to kind of trace people and figure out, you know, what. Usually you start with a, a dead body. And you have to figure out, okay, you can trace the person's steps. So you see their dead body, and then you look in the area for them alive. And it's like, oh, there they are. They're walking. Okay, they're walking this way. Hmm. Or they were driving a car this way, and then here they are, crashed in the car, dead. And so you trace their steps back, and you see the people they interacted with. 
and you follow those people back and see if there's anything suspicious that they're doing or you know and so you're kind of playing the story backwards to figure out what happened and trying to put the pieces together and link stuff throughout the city so it's an interesting experience hmm. um it's definitely a one-time kind of play like once you've done all the cases you know you're done oh really kind of well it's That's kind sad. of like any detective type game you know if it comes with preset cases you can only really do uh, it once right you know good so. point but it, it was fun uh and then I also was able to play actually a, a top 100 game, even a top 50 game, I think. <gasps> what? I, you already know what this is, actually. Oh, actually, I have a guess. What is it? Can I guess? Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. Cascadia? That's correct. Cascadia. Aha. I, I was actually never really interested in this game because it, it showed up a lot on Dice Tower lists, I feel like, and mm-hmm. it was either nominated for or won the spiel or something i don't know but every time i looked into it it was like ah, it just looks kind of plain it just looks kind of a little too simple and straightforward and it's not really that attractive it doesn't really look that nice and so i just kind of always passed on it um but yeah i had the chance to play it and it's it's not it's definitely not bad i i think it's it's very simple um and it is very straightforward it's, I mean, you're basically drafting tiles and animal tokens. They're kind of like paired up in groups. Like there's like four tiles and four tokens that are randomly put together and you have to draft mm. them in their groups basically and then add them to your map. And then there's ways that the tiles score depending on the territories, but then the tiles also tell you which animal tokens you're allowed to place on them. So it'd be anything from one to three different types of animals oh. out of the five available. And so all the five animals score differently. And so how you place the tiles and the tokens on your map, you know, trying to score your animals and meet the requirements to score lots of points and all this kind of stuff. So it's a fun puzzle. Uh, I'm, I'm very bad at it. Anna and I have played it four times and she's beat me every time. Uh, <laughs> but Not good for your KD ratio, man. Uh, no, it's not. I have not. I have not killed my wife. No. Uh, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but... I, I, anyway, I, I, it, it is a pleasant game. It's a fun little puzzle, and there's enough variety in it to come back to it every once in a while, I, I think. So I can see why it's such a, a crowd pleaser. Uh, hmm. And then last but not least... Wait, wait. I just oh. have one question for you then. Okay. Does this make you interested at all in acquiring Calico? See, I've also looked into Calico, um, but I heard that Calico people is a how do how do you say this how do you how do you assign this attribute to a game it instill it no it um it aggravates the analysis paralysis in people uh, i've heard that about calico and so okay. i don't struggle with that too much but on a definitely she this is why she beats me in games i i should mention is that she thinks ahead much much <laughs> further than i do but that also tends to result in some analysis paralysis occasionally and sometimes very severely. And so I've I've always kind of just stayed away from Calico for that reason. But maybe sometime. Okay. Cool beans. Before I was so rudely interrupted, last but not <laughs> least, is a tiny little card game from Oink Games. This is called Scout. Yeah. Um, this one was not... So, so Cascadia was very easily... was very approachable. It was easy to understand and it was very straightforward. Scout was the exact opposite. I watched a video, a full like eight minute video on YouTube on how to play Scout and I still didn't really understand. And this is just, really? it's just a deck of cards and a few little tokens, you know? And so I was like, man, I, I almost was discouraged to the point of like, maybe I won't even bother, you know? But I was like, no, I should try and figure it out. So I, I also found a PDF rule book online and I was like really you know, puzzled out and figured it out. And it's a little awkward. Like the first entire game of it, we didn't really know what we were really doing. We were just kind of following the rules, but it's kind of like a trick-taking game, except there's no set of tricks. Um, so all the cards are like double-sided. And so when you get all your cards, you can either keep them the way they are, or you can flip them upside down and keep them that way. Because you have to, you can't rearrange, you can't resort the cards in your hand at all. The way you're dealt, you either get them one way or you flip them up and you get them the other way. And that's how it is for the rest of the game. And then you have to play cards from your hand in that order. And you're kind of one-upping the other person's trick, always trying to one-up it. So if they play a, a four, you try and play something higher. 
um, and then they might play a, a pair or they might play a run or something. And so you're always trying to one up the other person, but you have to keep your hand, your deck exact, your hand exactly how it is. And so how you take cards out, trying to, so like if you have two threes that have a four in between them, you might try and get rid of that four because then it pushes your threes together and you have a pair of threes, which is stronger, obviously. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you're kind of the way you play your hand, you're thinking ahead, trying to make your hand better by getting rid of cards from it. Um, but then if you can't play a card, you can also like put a token in and take a card from the middle to make it easier to beat and to improve your hand. So it was really funky and it's kind of hard to explain, but we've played it a few times now and it's, it's actually a lot of fun. So yeah, good little card game. Yeah. Yeah. That. Scout, Scout came to my attention via the, the Boardlandia, like Marge Madness bracket thing. Yeah. Right. That's right. It was on there. It, it's, what did it, 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 it was in beat there? out, um, three sisters i think in the first round and then it like lost to frost haven or something but i well i thought it won a couple brackets i thought it did pretty decently but either way it it pointed me just to checking it out it's like 199 on the geek yeah and i was like oh okay this must be a pretty good game and then i just looked up the pictures of it (laughs) and the description cards (laughs) and i was like it looks like we've got another the crew situation on our hands it looks like no it's nothing this is 10 times better than the crew all right i will stand by that to my grave Here's the deal. If the crew is a value of one out of a hundred, that makes Scout a ten out of a hundred. <laughs> I would argue, Cody, that it makes it a two hundred out of thirty thousand. Ah, ah, that's good. All right. Oh, also in passing, I played a board game rendition of the worst card game ever made. That sounds exciting. The worst card game ever made, being Phase Ten. I played the board game version <laughs> of Phase Ten, and it's there's a board game version. It is slightly, but still unbearably, like it's slightly better, but still like intolerably bad. So that's all I have to say about that. Thank you for taking the time to tell us about that, Nate. Uh, Let's get on to our game of the week. All right. Okay, uh, game of the week is something that I don't. I actually don't know how many times you've played it, but I know you've played it more than me because you own it, and I've only ever played it with you. So I will give you the joy, or rather oh, the chore, Thanks. of introducing and explaining this game. How about the honor, the privilege, even? I would never. The majesty, the grace. Throw, throw some other uh, nouns at me here. Uh, any <laughs> nouns are fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna plead the fifth. All right, sounds good. Azul is a game. I'll I'll speak for myself here. I think we have some similar approaches to it, but I'll let you get to your 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 intro to the game. I was never interested in this game, and then I bought it for some reason, and then <laughs> I became interested in the game. Hey, you should try this with Scout. <laughs> uh, you you should I? Yeah. I, I actually enjoy the game, but okay. Think so okay, I mean, it can't be that expensive, right? If it's small, uh, oink games are kind of spendy. I think in general, it's like fifteen bucks everywhere. For a deck of cards, uh, uh, it's a bit overpriced, but yeah. But for a game, that's not terrible. No. Anyway, th- this is not the Where scout podcast, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Azul, um, Azul. It's got some weird little backstory or something of how you're like a Tyler, in the words of z garcia tiling like the the princes or the wherever this is it's, from it's very important bathroom. to the game for to understand know, it, it is it's super it. important like if it's an abstract game where if you don't understand the history and the complete backstory and the era the game will make no sense it just falls flat and i'm not uh, yeah yeah i am not serious in any way <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> No, the, the faux show and abstract games. Screw the backstory. You don't need to worry about that. It is a it is a pretty looking game because you are producing a grid of pretty tiled pieces. <laughs> that honestly, how good it looks has no bearing really on how well you do at the game. There's a scoring system no. <laughs> within the game, and it really just comes down to math and thinking ahead. So you've got a, a depending on how many players you're playing with. A selection of i think they just call them factories it's just a weird colored disc thing that you put four little starburst looking game pieces on top of 
Yeah, Starburst, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah, on your turn, you get to choose from one of those discs and take all pieces of a single color. And basically, almost Castles of Burgundy style, load them up on part of your board to be placed later. Yeah, maybe Castles of Burgundy isn't the greatest example. It's, It's the one similar thing I could think of where you load up a piece and then place it later. But on the no, left side of your board, there's... Yeah, that's Castles of Burgundy. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying. On the left side of your board, you've got five um, rows that you can fill pieces on, rows with values up to one, two, three, four, five. And as soon as you have filled up one of those rows with all pieces of one color, well, maybe not as soon as, once you have done that, at the end of that current round the front piece will move over onto your board and then score points. And it's basically just a Scrabble scoring system. So for every connected piece horizontally and vertically to where you put down that piece on this 5x5 grid, you score a point. And there's some additional endgame scoring conditions where if on this 5x5 grid you're able to have a completed horizontal or vertical line, or if you have all five spaces filled of a given color, you will get additional end game points. And that sounds incredibly boring. I was honestly, just that, gonna say that. <laughs> that. I can't, that that is the game right there. Like there, there's additional tactics that you're definitely playing with, tactics and long-term strategy, because how, when you take a piece off of a factory or take pieces, you shove the remaining pieces into the center of I was going to say the board. It's just the table. There is no board. You have a, a personal player board. And where that gets interesting is the more that happens, the that center spot is now a spot that you can take pieces from. So you can actually help someone out by giving them a whole bunch of pieces of the same color that they can just take in one move. But then you can also hurt people because you can force them to take pieces that they don't want and then they start scoring negative points for them yeah, for I think reasons and I don't want to get into explaining that. If you really want a good chance at winning this game, it really pays to pay attention to at least what the next person, the person to your left, at least what they're focusing on and trying to thwart It really them does. It's super interactive in that way. Yeah, in a in a in a in a hateful way, right? In a in a kind of a hate drafting way. <laughs> well, some sometimes not, because there's some occasions where maybe there's two colors of pieces that you you want to get. Oh, actually, never mind. I think the example I was just about to give is basically just hate drafting. It is. It's just the <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, they get something good either way, but give them the worst of the good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. My, I mean, obviously my approach to the game was also similar. It looks, it looks boring, but for some reason it was popular mm-hmm. and I didn't buy it impulsively, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I played it when you did. And I, I guess you, you haven't played it impulsively. Um, Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you had to course me. I'm not sure, but I, I don't even know if you've said how you feel about the game yet, but I was definitely not very impressed with it. Um, Oh, after playing it? Yeah. Well, I think I've only played it twice, really. And (sighs) Dude, why is this our game of the week then? (laughs) Well, no, it's good to have opposing (laughs) views sometimes, right? Um, Sure. I won't won't go out too much on what I don't like about it, but I will will talk about what I do like. Um, But but that means this is a game of the week that only half of Tabletop Shop thinks is the game of the week. (laughs) Oh, do you think... um, Do you think game of the week is like an honorary position? I, I feel like it. I feel like it's a game that we desire to bring attention to. Hmm. Hey. But maybe I was wrong. I feel like this is uh, something we should have figured out before. What is this, episode 19? <laughs> 20? Uh, is it? 18? I don't know. 18. It's episode 18. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Game of the Week is just like, here's a game. Let's talk about it, you know? This is the game we're talking about this week. Okay. Uh, but I, like, I don't hate it, you know? Like, it's not like it's like exploding kittens or phase 10 the board game or something you know like i i don't hate it um i i do think that it's i do think that it's rather pretty i don't think it's gorgeous but i think it has a good table presence and it's unique you know when you walk Mm -hmm. by and look at this game on the table it's like well there's like five black discs with weird colored tiles on them and then everybody's like yeah i don't know like lining them up in different ways on their boards and all this stuff you know Uh it, it looks unique um and I think in general it is pretty unique. It's 
I like the drafting component where you can only draft a certain type and then once there's only one type left, it all gets shoved into the middle kind of. Like, I think that's a pretty cool mechanism. Um, and in general, I think the setup is pretty easy too, right? Like, you don't have to take any yeah. tiles out on player depending on player count, do you? No, it's player count only determines number of factory discs that you play with. Okay, yeah. So like Cascadia, for example, you have to take a certain amount of pieces and you don't use the rest depending on player count. So it's a little more mm. annoying for player count. But this one, like you get a bag and everything and all the tiles are in it. So setup is like mm -hmm. two minutes, you know? And explaining the oh, game yeah, is pretty easy too. Like three minutes. Yeah, I, I really like this game as an intro game for... Honestly, anybody. I was going to say new gamers, but even gamers that I already know is the thing. I hate teaching games, Nate. It's like one of my least favorite things to do within the hobby is teaching games. That's why I only made one how to play video back on the Way Brothers channel. It was for Splendor, like one of the easiest games you can teach. That was not a fun experience. I, I despise that. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to say, Azul is an easy game to teach for the amount of in my opinion, entertainment and thinking that you get out of it. And further, if you have, I don't know, like any friends that may have small children that are prone to like grabbing tiny pieces and possibly eating them, this is also an ideal game because all the pieces, well, granted, I guess they look like candy since they look like Starburst, <laughs> but they are large plastic pieces um, that are, are hard to, to miss, hard to lose, hard to misplace. Uh, but definitely able to be grabbed and swallowed nonetheless well it depends on how motivated you are the thing is you have trouble finding a board game that doesn't have that component in it hmm. micro micro macro crime That's city true. i guess it's just a map and a deck of cards so sherlock holmes consulting detective it's just a bunch of books man i gotta tell you i only played that game once not a fan yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh, that makes me sad i enjoy that game that's good. I'm glad. Hey, you purchased it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cody, what else do you yeah, like man. about Azul? Or are you done talking about what you like about Azul? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's a given. I like the way it looks. It is pretty. It's kind of the main draw of the game, I suppose. Um, but I, I like generally how easy it is just to pull out for, for all the reasons I have already spoken of. But because of that, it makes it a game that if it is a late evening and we don't have too much time or we just want to play a short game... Uh, this is one that I am totally fine with pulling out and playing. This has been Azul. No, wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> Azul part two. Azul is not Resurgence. getting off that easy. <laughs> um, all right, start knocking Azul, dude. First of all, it's a little too mathy for me. <sighs> mathy. I don't even know if that's really the right. I, I, I don't like the... In Castles of Burgundy, I don't mind the taking pieces, putting them in your loading bay, and then moving them, your staging area, whatever, and then moving them from there into your mat. Um, you know, what a dumb mechanism, right? It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I don't like it so much in Azul because it's more complicated. You can't just load something into your staging area. It's it, 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 And I get that there's more strategy in a way uh, in, the, in that regard. Um, but I, in general, it does not sit very well with me. I just, I find it more frustrating than fun, that part of the game. Hmm. Um, sure. I, I like the drafting part a lot. I, I really, I want to kind of, like I said, I don't hate the game. So I want to focus on what I do like. And I really do. I think the drafting mechanism is cool and interesting. And I think that's the best part of the game. I think hmm. the staging area is annoying. And I think that I don't think ahead well enough to do well in the scoring area because <laughs> I think I have gotten utterly destroyed at every yeah. uh, both games of this yeah, I played. Um, I don't I don't know why I just I, for some reason I just can't my brain just doesn't I haven't played it enough or my brain just doesn't work well with how this game is set up to do well in it. Mm. Um, but also in general I think even if I did even if I was better at this game naturally I think this game suffers severely from a lack of variety because every mm. game is actually the same of azul um like the tiles that come out of the bag there might there will be different combinations but not really that like not super interestingly different uh and there's no like in a way this reminds me of sagrada because in sagrada also you have a grid where you're placing dice and so you draft dice back and forth for 10 rounds and you place them on your grid that in and of itself is not that interesting but sagrada also has public scoring goals and personal scoring goals that changed 
every game from game to game and there's power cards that you can use that you can activate maybe once or twice throughout the game to do special things and break the rules a little bit azul doesn't have any of that and i think that's one thing that it really suffers from is like if i played this game more than a few times i would start to feel like it's a bit mundane like there's nothing to spice it up you know and so i I wish it had some more spice to it i wish it wasn't so i wish every game wasn't pretty much exactly the same as the one before you know yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really think of it that way. Because I do agree, sure, there's not like, uh, I don't know, different player powers or different unique abilities that might show up over the course of the game. But every game is a different puzzle to solve mm-hmm. because every game and within every game, every round, all the pieces are different. I, I know it's like the same five colored pieces, but there's so many copies of those and they come out on different combinations on the factories that for me, I've had really good games and I've had really bad games where I, I, I just didn't play the factory tiles well enough within that within planning. And you, you can get... Um, may, maybe you're really relying like on some red pieces coming out the following round, but then just with the, the luck of the draw on the tiles, there are like no red pieces. So now you really have to pivot and try to do something else so that you don't just get smacked, you know? Yeah, but because of the staging area, sometimes you're just screwed, you know? Like, if you invested in a color or a couple colors and you need some of that color and you don't get it, it's like half of your staging area is now clogged and unusable this round. In the words of Lance Riddick and Ian McShane from the new John Wick 4 movie. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> both of them? Such is life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of them. Okay. Whatever. Um... <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where to go from that. I think, okay, what I, what I was going to say was, I get what you're saying. Every game is its own puzzle. I think the problem is the combination of the two negative factors that I mentioned. Mm. One, that I think there's a lack of variety. And two, that this specific game just does not vibe very well with me. If it did, then the lack of variety wouldn't be such a problem because I would enjoy the puzzle for what it was. But I don't enjoy the puzzle for what it is. So I need more variety or more twists or more interesting or more fun thrown in. And it's not. And so those two together... I think are why I really don't like the game that much. Hmm. So what you're saying is that you need to impulse buy Azul stained glass of Sintra or <laughs> Summer Pavilion. I don't think I do because to the I, I don't know much about these expansions, but I'm guessing just riding off the popularity of the first one, there are no fundamental differences whatsoever except the color of the pieces. <laughs> and yeah, I, I so I'm not I'm not interested. Thanks. <laughs> I feel I feel like there's a section of a Dice Tower episode where they kind of discuss that concept, but I I don't remember the conclusion. The thing is, and uh, when these expansions have been released, like I feel like maybe Summer Pavilion was the most recent one. Everyone's so hyped. They're like, next Azul is coming out. I'm losing my mind because this game is the best thing ever, and I just don't get it. Just I just don't get it. Doesn't compute with well, me. Let me give you an alternative. If you type in Azul in BGG, there appears another game also called Azul, but it's in all caps. And when you actually open it, it changes to blue because that's what Azul translates to. <laughs> okay. Is it has no rank. It's a 6.8 rating. How uh, many how many uh how many ratings does it have? Um uh, 21. <laughs> Let me read you the first line of the description. Go description. Blue is a game from the red, blue, green, greener, greenest trilogy. <laughs> red, blue, green, green, or greenest? Oh, green, greener, greenest. It only has 18 ratings, but it has a higher rating at 7.2. Wow. <laughs> green, greener, greenest. Oh, that's funny. That is... That is funny, Cody. Uh, I feel bad now for laughing at whoever this designer no, that's was. No, that like, actually did something I've never done. Yeah, the game. no, definitely. Like, I don't want to look down on that. When you when you said twenty one reviews and I like laughed, actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, I totally respect that, I and I, I, I respect somebody's ability to create a game and put it out and actually get twenty one reviews. You know, like we don't have twenty one reviews on our podcast, so who are we to laugh? Exactly. All right. Is there anything parallel? Is is there anything that you don't like about Azul? Anything I don't like about it? There has Um, to be, man. There has to be. Is this in your top fifty? That is an excellent question. Where is Azul? Because I don't even know if it's in my top one hundred. 
Azul is 73 for me. Honestly, it should be higher than that, that as I'm looking at it here. astonishingly low for how much praise you've given it. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I just realized. I mean, the, I guess the negative that I would give it is if I want it to be a bigger game or a more interesting game, it's not going to be that. I think my praise for it is that it it delivers at the stage that it can deliver at and not any higher so you you like it for what it is it's filling it's filling a spot for you yes exactly if i if i need a light game i can pull out that fills multiple functions it's easy to teach other people it's easy just to just to play in general while still delivering a a good experience it does that and but that that's kind of all it is so if i'm going to look at a game that that I would say, like, I really like this game. Like, it's super, super cool and innovative and gripping. I'm not really going to put Azul up in that category. Right, right. So it doesn't elicit excitement. It elicits acceptance. You're like... I... Satisfaction. <laughs> Satisfaction. That? That's, that's, that's a little <laughs> bit more endearing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd agree that there is some amount of maintenance within within the game of kind of distributing new pieces and making them all flat and yeah but that's not nice on other factories but that's not terrible that's not too bad because also everyone wants to know what's coming out it's an interesting Hmm. uh it's an interesting reveal and it doesn't take that long it's not too much work and people are hoping they're looking for something they're hoping to see what they want to see also so it's almost part of the game in a way as opposed to being an inter whatever like a, a a maintenance thing sure and if we're talking about castles of burgundy comparisons the maintenance is much superior to the castles of burgundy <laughs> it is but it's funny like where's the tr- the trade-off is that castles of burgundy is a significantly better game at least in my opinion that is and ranks true that is true. much 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 higher yeah castles is 18 for me it's even higher for me i think uh the, wow. and the replayability especially if you have the uh the anniversary edition of castles is just phenomenal well do you have any other cool thoughts about azul uh i don't think so I, we didn't really talk about the score the actual scoring like the kind of it's kind of got like oh, a scrabble sure. scoring thing to it doesn't it yeah i i did mention that when i described it earlier I, that also really not is not super interesting to me what about you yeah well for me that's that's just part of the puzzle like yeah. if if you have a certain structure of pieces on the board you're going to choose pieces to load up onto your storage area that will land in a good spot to score you points so really for me that's like half of the game i mean it is half the game because if you don't it's more than half the game because if you don't uh yeah if you're not thinking about that then you really get screwed like me so that is our game of the week as well (laughs) Hey. hey do you know what's even cooler than a game of the week i can guess is a board banter uh yes cody and our board banter this week is kind i mean it is a top it is a list but it's a little bit has a bit of a stipulation to it uh a twist yeah because we want a caveat okay a distinction oh oh, oh, okay all right uh yeah so it's we wanted to talk about worker placement games um but i personally i felt like it was kind of i don't know maybe just a little too straightforward or i was worried we'd have overlap because we both like worker placement games a lot. And so, and, and at this point, I don't know, like we've started to play a lot of different games because we're not living near each other anymore. But I still mm. feel like there could have been some overlap still because some of our favorite games that we've played together are worker placement games. So instead we did yeah. a bit of a twist and decided to go with our top three worker placement games that we think we like more than the other person, which in theory, means we should definitely get six different games unless we have different opinions oh, about show. who likes games more. So, I, I do just have a, a general question for you. Out of your top ten games, how many of them are worker placements? Out of my top ten, how many are worker placements? Uh, what do you guess? Because it's it, it guess? might be... It's one of my favorite mechanisms for sure. Hmm. I'm going to guess... Uh, uh, I'm gonna guess four. Actually, only three. Oh, my ten. Yeah. Wow. Five for me. 
Okay. Well, this should have been a very so, easy list for you. <laughs> this should be, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, who's going to start this off? Uh, I will start it off, actually, because my number three game maybe has never been mentioned on the podcast. I'm not sure. Which Ooh. is funny, because ages and ages ago, this was one of the most popular games, Cody. Mm. This is All right. Uwe Rosenberg's Agricola. Aha. I think I don't think you've played Agricola very much. You used to own it, right? I did. Kirsten didn't like it very much. Actually, she rather despised it, so that's why I don't own it anymore. It's it's a very polarizing game. I think in general people either really really enjoy it or really really just absolutely hate its guts. And despite the fact that I just said it's polarizing, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so polarizing that I'm neutral. Uh, it's. I think. I think it, it it's it depends on different parts of the game. Parts of the game I really, I would say the majority of the game I really enjoy. It's sometimes it's just such a headache that you almost need to take a break mid game and like go go cool down somewhere and then come back and revisit the game. But a lot of times, it's. So it's a it's a cool worker placement game in that there are the worker placement options. There's some that are all available from the beginning, and then every single round a new spot is opened up. And what's even cooler is that those spots that are opened up could be one of two or three different things every time. Um, towards the no 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 it's not that it's that there's different rounds and the cards could come out in a different order each round. And so yeah. you know what's going to show up every round, but there's kind of there's kind of three rounds in a round. And so you don't know what order those <laughs> actions are going to become available. And so you can kind of, you can plan ahead, but you're also kind of, you have to be a bit flexible because you don't know exactly when things are going to show up. Uh, but of course, it's also a very stressful game because you have to, you have, it has this, the, the much hated, maybe this mechanism, maybe it's just this mechanism that's really polarizing, which is the feeding your workers thing. And so. Mm-hmm. And this game's really punishing. Like if you don't feed your workers, you get negative points and points are hard to come by in this game uh and so yeah it just has this this mechanism of like every round you have to feed your workers all your workers need two food and if you want a new worker you have to build an addition to your house and then use up one of your workers to get a worker and it's one of these worker placement games where you only get to put out a few like you start with two workers and you can go the whole game with only two you might get three or four or even five but it's it's difficult it's a lot of work and you have to use a lot of actions to do it so it's a very like Efficiency is the name of the game here. Uh, and I thought it was Agricola. It's Agricola colon efficiency. It's written really tiny, so it's like, <laughs> man, you got to kind of look for it. But uh, I think it's a lot of fun. It's I don't, I don't know if I would really want to own it. Like, I've played it a lot. Uh, my parents owned it, and I played it quite a few times. I don't know if it's something I would ever get just because I feel like I've played it enough. I feel like I don't want to come back to it anymore. But it still has earned its place. Like, it... It is a really, really solid game, a very good design, and it deserves what both of its spots on the top 100 that I think it has. <laughs> so. I see. <laughs> I, I desire to play Caverna. Because don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't particularly dislike Agricola. I think the main reason it's lower on my list is, for one, I just don't own it anymore, didn't really play it that much. Uh, and, and it is... A little bit of a, a head scratcher, one might say, a brain burner in some ways, just because there's, it's so important that you do well and that you plan a lot of things out, and it really kind of front loads that stress onto the game. Yeah. But I intrigued enough by it that I've heard Caverna is a good alternative, and I have at least owned and really enjoy Caverna Cave versus Cave, the much more minimized, perhaps Uwe Rosenberg Agricola experience. Yeah, which I th- I'm excited to teach you. I think, um, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to learn it. I think Caverna is kind of on the Feast for Odin level. It's like, ah. it's like content out the ears. Like there's so much content in the game and so many hmm. choices. I think that's what it is. I think both Caverna and Feast for Odin have this mechanism. Like there's, the, there's like 50 or 60 different options that you can do on your turn. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's absolutely insane. And so that's pretty daunting to me. But it definitely intrigues me at the same time. My understanding, though, is that they're largely less punishing than Agricola. Hmm. Like, sure, there's a whole bunch of things you have to choose from, but 
maybe it's less painful if you do something wrong at some point. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. <laughs> because of there's some there's so many options. But I I could be wrong. That's that's just what the kids on the street down the road were telling me. <laughs> you mean that the board game cafe? I literally. Oh no, it's not across the street anymore. No, it's not across the street. The kids. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, different spot. Just like the kids on the street. You know, there's like there's like a tent, a sleeping bag, like hanging out. A lot of cigarettes, some weed, and they were just sitting around playing Agricola, and they were telling me about how much better Caverna is. It's oddly specific that I almost believe you. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So before I get into my list, I'm just curious, how did you organize your list from three to one? What What was your criteria? Well, from a comment you made earlier, I think you organized your list based on how much more you liked the game than me. I just simply yes, organized correct. mine based on how much I liked the game. Okay. I respect that. Mine is different because uh, the order I'll present them in is definitely not the order I like them most in. But number three is Paladins of the West Kingdom because I know I enjoyed this more than you, definitely. but I don't think it's that that big of a difference, that that much disparity. I think I think it might be larger than you think it is. I like Paladins, uh-huh. and I would not go any further than that. I enjoy it every time I play it. I never feel myself wanting to play it necessarily, though. Hmm. It's kind of it's a weird relationship. Yeah, that is, it's a little bit sad in some ways. But also, we're entitled to our own opinion. So, sure, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> no, actually, how how I gauged these is I actually went and looked at your your last updated top one hundred list, at least from the end of twenty twenty two. And then compared where I have mine ranked uh, to where you math. have your games ranked. Yeah, and then just separated them by by that difference. Okay. But Paladins of the West Kingdom, we've talked about this before. It's been a game of the week um, on some previous, I think, recent episode, actually. Uh, good, good old Shem Phillips' unique take on worker placement where you don't even possess your own workers. There's a, a pool of, of, of worker cards that you will draft from at the beginning of every round. And all the workers are different colors and the different actions you're going on, whether they're on your own board, which is primarily what you're doing, because this is a, a pretty intense engine builder. But then there are some communal spaces like in the middle and the central board that you can place these workers on. But all the worker places require different combinations of workers, which is very cool. I, I have not played that before in other games. And I know that as I'm saying that, probably two minutes later, I'll suddenly think of a game where I have played that <laughs> that style before. I'm counting two but minutes. But whatever. I got you. Yeah. I, I like this game. I love how it looks. I love the, the rich green complemented by like the reds and blues, both in the pieces and in the game art. Uh, the, the feel of the boards is nice. I, I don't really know how to how to explain that. There's something about the texture of like the paper or the 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 the, the ink or something that they use on a lot of the materials that makes it make makes it feel nice and look nice. And it is a fun game. It is so big that I'm not going to try to get into explaining all the no. stuff because we don't got time. And for we've that. done it before. So if you want yeah, to, we have. If you want to know more about it, just go find our episode on it. Yeah, I like this game. Nate likes it, but not as much as me. Yes, and that's a fact. My number two almost didn't make my list, which is weird because you would think my number three almost wouldn't, but my number two almost didn't, but that's because it almost (laughs) didn't meet my requirements for this list. Um, Whoa. Since we said that it's games that we have to like more than the other person, that would imply that the other person probably has to have at least played the game. I didn't consider games that you haven't played because that doesn't really count. Same same for me. There's a bunch of games I threw out because of that. So... I forgot that you actually have played this game. And I think you have. I'm actually not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure you and I played it together once because it's a game that I own. Uh, it's just a little two-player game. It's called Targi. Yeah, we, I own it now, bro. You own it. It's it's on the shelf to be played. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So we did play it together once, right? Yeah, you taught it to me. And I remember you being very whelmed by it, like not impressed but now you own it. I, so I'm a little confused. I don't... I guess it's hard to remember my initial reactions. I, I was intrigued by the concept of how you're fighting the other person for control on the different columns and rows to acquire different pieces. 
I honestly don't remember it super well. Like how to actually play it is the thing. Well, I'm not surprised because I don't really remember playing with you all that well. I just have a foggy memory of like, I remember sitting in your yeah. kitchen playing this, I think. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, so but my memory was pleasant, so yeah. Targi is an interesting two-player worker placement game where you have a grid of cards, um, and you each have three workers. Three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three workers that you... Wait, no, is it three or two? It's been too long since I've played this, man. I thought it was two. Yeah, it's two, because you just get where they meet. So you have a grid of cards, and you each take turns placing a worker on the outside of the grid... And when you've both placed your two workers, you get the two spots where you placed them, but you also get the card. No, 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 it's three. It's definitely three. Anyways, you get oh. where your workers intersect. I thought it was four. That's <laughs> not four. Get out of here, Cody. You stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you quit pulling my leg down there. Uh, All right. Yeah, anyways, where are those workers on the outside where they intersect in the middle, you also get those cards. And so it's this weird worker placement system where you get where you go, but you also are planning towards a future spot based literally on the location of where you placed your other workers. Um, so that's a cool concept and you can easily thwart the other person. You can kind of guess what they're going for and you can block them pretty easily, uh, which makes for a fun kind of battle. Definitely, I like two player games that have kind of a not even a tug of war necessarily, but it really feels like a duel. It really feels like a you versus me. I'm really fighting hard for what I want and fighting hard to stop you from getting what you want. And when those two goals, when I can make a move that I accomplish both of those goals at the same time, it feels really, really good. And that happens a lot in this game for both players. Um, so that's something I really like. And yeah, you're basically, it's kind of like it's worker placement to draft cards and then you use those cards to build your own grid and do special stuff. So. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I think you're probably correct in that you enjoyed it more than me, but we'll find out I, later I have, at whatever point I finally pulled off the shelf. I have almost bought the expansion for this game multiple times, uh, but I haven't played it with Ooh. Ana yet, and so I want to play it with her and make sure she digs it before I invest in that, I think. so. Nah, good plan. You probably didn't bring it with you then, right? No, 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 no. Back home still. Ooh, okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, my number two, you might be surprised that this is not number one Ooh, can on I my guess? list according to the categories. Can I guess? What was that? Yeah, guess it. I think this is Everdell. You are correct. Okay, if, if this wasn't, number one would have to be, so. <laughs> yeah, Everdell, a game that you have had strong feelings about how much less you like this than me i don't i don't know if you've necessarily expressed that you like despise or even dislike this game but i feel like each time i've expressed my adoration for this game you've been like nah maybe i'm just playing devil's advocate cody maybe maybe admittedly this this game dropped for me a bit the the last time i played it this was i mean it was my number two for a little bit i think which speaks volumes of how much i enjoyed the game or how but few games you had it, played it, it hey sh <laughs> i've played more games than you i think yeah, I think I don't you know. <laughs> um but it yeah it dropped down to four it may keep falling i'm not sure i think i think my um disenchantment with the balance of the game itself is slowly encroaching against how pretty and delightful the game appears. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's my basic description. I think we your forest creatures worker placement. You put the peoples out. We've um, go ahead. We've <laughs> recently, I think, very recently discussed this game a little bit more in depth. Maybe we even it was our game of the week recently, actually, maybe. Um, and kind of like we both the game's falling for both of us, but for very different reasons. For me, it's because I think the game gets worse and worse the more expansions you add in. And the core game is actually what ranks the highest for me. And because I've played it with mm. expansions, it's continued to drop. I Yeah, it's weird because I, I still enjoy it more with expansions. Yeah, But I just feel that the core game has maybe a couple flaws that aren't, aren't remedied by the expansions, but assisted by the expansions. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get into that now or do you just want to move on? Uh, this this podcast is going long, and I feel like we've talked about Everdell at okay. least a few different times. We definitely have before, so that's it's it's cool. What's what's your number one? Have, Hit us off with that, Nate. We have also talked about my number one. 
I don't know if I would say ad nauseum, but it's come up quite a few times. It's been our game of the week before. Uh, it's a game that has been steadily rising from you, for you, from what I've heard. Uh, yeah. And this is Dune Imperium. Uh, yes. I know that you like Dune Imperium. I would... This would be my... I, I This is a hill to die on in defending the idea that I like it more. I There are no, no doubts in my mind whatsoever that I still like this game more than you. And... I don't know if I would say always will, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but sure. I think this game is utterly, an utterly brilliant design, and it's, it's a combo of uh, deck building and worker placement, and it's a very, very tight, essentially race to 10 points, and the theme is just so well integrated into the game. And it's, I think it looks beautiful. Other people would disagree with that, but I think the game looks beautiful. And the, I, <laughs> the Rise of Ix expansion is very, very good. And the Immortality expansion is waiting back in the States for me to come home and open it. So I can't speak to that yet, mm-hmm. but looking forward to playing it. That's the real reason you want to come home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dune, Dune Imp good game i also thoroughly enjoy it but i will concede that you probably thoroughly enjoy it more thoroughly than i thoroughly enjoy it yeah not redundant whatsoever nope not at all it is curious that you would place dune imperium as your number one maybe not too curious because it kind of makes sense but it's curious because my number one nate do you have a guess it's curious is it a dune related thing mm, no okay i don't i don't know why it's curious cody i am curious as to why it's curious it is the lost ruins of arnak also ah, a deck sense. builder worker placement combo okay yeah that's a that's Which a no-brainer we, for your number one yeah, yeah the thing is this game isn't incredible for me but i know that you somewhat despise the game so you, you know what's funny i definitely enjoy this more than you i don't even know if i would say i would despise it here's what i can say about this game do you loathe it? No. <laughs> Abhor it? No. <laughs> I have played this game once. I remember almost nothing whatsoever. It is completely <laughs> wiped from my memory. I don't remember at all wow. how the game functions. Like, at all. I don't remember anything. It was like such a... Uh, just just gone like gone with the wind in one ear out the other i don't know what the right expression is but it was like it's completely forgettable for me and i don't know why and i've never been interested in in playing it again so yeah nate what if what if what if the reason that you can't like remember the game at all it's it's much deeper it's much more intense than you can even realize maybe it's because the game was just such an incredible experience like it just destroyed all other games in your mind. And your brain rebelled because it realized that after playing Arnak, all other games would just fall short. And so you had to wipe it from your memory so that you could still enjoy the hobby going forward. Listen, like I said, I don't really remember Arnak. I'm sure it's a fine game, but I would be very embarrassed if that was how I truly felt about it. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely would not be my top one or even make my top three at that point. I don't... I think maybe even more the reason is that I had already played Dune and they were being compared to each other and maybe it just couldn't live up. And I we would both agree, at least I hope, that it doesn't live up to Dune. But Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. I mean the the only comparison is that it's a combo of some worker placement and some deck building. Yeah. Beyond that, there were very different games. Have you when was the last time you played Arnak? Uh, hmm, it's a good question. It was before we moved. I'd say maybe like three or four months ago is that a keeper then like really a keeper for you yeah kirsten really likes it and i i don't like it as much as she does but I, it's actually grown on me over time hmm. there's uh there's an expansion for it uh expedition leaders yeah. where you get like uh player powers which is something that the game needs so i'm kind of intrigued to possibly purchase that soon yeah i think that came out like really quickly after the game came out like almost like it was a predetermined expansion Hmm. hmm. Which would make sense. Hmm. <laughs> Some would anyway. say that it should have just been in the game from the beginning. But, you know, that's just me. You know, so other games like, you know, Dune Imperium, maybe, you know, they did that. So. Yeah. 
Good point. Yeah, it's, it's a, marketing. It's a very, it's different styles. It's very good. Point. Different schemes. Essentially, my Thanks, man. my number one is significantly better and more thought out than your number one. So, and you know what's uh, funny? We would both agree. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, with that, see you, folks. <laughs> in su- in some realms, yep. <laughs> and remember. Worker placement games are not an overused genre. Please keep making them, just make good ones. Folks, we're back! Except we're not, we're just here to say bye. We're back to say bye. Nate, say bye. We didn't go, did we go somewhere? We didn't go anywhere, right? So, we're just, we, we were just, we, we were always here. We didn't come back, we were always here. Yeah, we're always here, we never leave. We're always in the studio, constantly recording. Studio. Okay. <laughs> Farewell.